welcome to Conversations About Life. Thanks, Savannah, for getting together with me. And um, I'll, I'll just start off by telling a little bit about what I know of you, and then you know you can add anything to it if you'd like. So you have a background in the culinary arts, mm-hmm. like you're tra- you have training in that, and then you've had involvement with a mission um, organization, Psalm 67, and uh, you're currently working at the Corner Cup, a mm-hmm. coffee shop, and you're um, preparing and looking forward to going to the Rio Grande Bible College to serve there on staff as a coffee barista. Um, is <laughs> yes. that the best way to put it? Or um, Yeah. Also, I guess one of the official titles would be like director of the student center there, which is a coffee shop. So yeah, they go together. <laughs> yeah. But a lot other things happen there too, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Like, um, I guess when we were there, the winter volunteers would meet there sometimes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Yes. So it's it's a yeah it's like a common area for the school, a place where everyone can meet right. volunteer students. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of a neat area. Mm-hmm. Like um, that's I think there's like a time in the morning where everyone can have a free cup of coffee if yes. they want, and they come by mm-hmm. students and everyone. Yep. That's neat. To, um, well, what else would you say about you as far as like just who Savannah is? <laughs> I knew you were going to ask this question. I was like, who am I? Um, <laughs> I, um, well, you know, uh, it's easy for me to get caught up in what I do being who I am. Um, that's something I have been thinking about recently. Um, but it's who I am is who I am in Christ. So I guess the first and foremost thing I would say is that I am a child of God and I've been saved by grace. Um, And everything else is just an extra blessing. So, um, like you said, uh, I feel like um, he's really given me a skill in culinary arts, um, in, I I guess, like a baking cafeteria (laughs) or cafe uh, environment. And also he's given me a passion for missions. So um, I've been blessed to find both of those coming together in my job at Rio Grande, as you said, as director of the student center. So... Um, yeah, that's who I am, <laughs> a broad view of who I, who I am, I guess. Okay, cool. Um, well, as far as like, you know, uh, preparing for s- serving at the Rio Grande Bible College. So what, um, I guess, um, what is that all? So it's like a staff position where mm-hmm. you kind of raise your own support. Yes. And... Um, like, how's that going, and um, what are the next steps and things like that? Um, good question. So, uh, as you know, as humans, we have plans and we have uh, our desires, but the Lord changes, can change them. And um, so, support raising was going, uh, you know, fairly well. Uh, last year, I started uh, support raising back in August. Um, but, uh, of course, with the virus, it's pretty much come to a standstill the past few months. Um, and there's no telling when it'll be a better time. Uh, mm. So I'm still plugging along, but it's hard. Um, I, don't, uh, I don't know how much 
uh, people know about like the missionary raising support, how, how that works. But usually you contact churches and you talk with them and you present there and you ask them for their support. Um, I like to do in-house meetings as well. So talk to people one-on-one and ask them for support. But either way, it's really hard to do right now, you know, with the virus and trying to keep the social distancing and a lot of churches aren't meeting yet. So there just have been a lot of obstacles lately, but um, yeah, I just have to trust that the Lord has a plan through that and that, you know, he will bring it to completion eventually, but obviously in his timing, not mine. <laughs> so is, are you going to be taking over someone, what someone else is doing now or it would be a brand new type of thing or? Um, Yes and yes. So the position right now, um, just to give you sort of a history of what the coffee shop student center is on campus. So Rio Grande Bible College is a seminary and um, they it's in Spanish. It's a Spanish seminary. And uh, they started, they had a small student center and they added a coffee shop in it. Um, the president's wife, it was just like a sort of a side thing for her. But the coffee shop has done really well, and it's become part of the work program. So students who are in the Bible college can work there to help pay off their room and board. So it's become a a really important part of the school because it's part of the work program and also because just um, it's a place for students to meet. It's an incredible place of fellowship. As you mentioned, the winter volunteers uh, hang out there a lot as well. Um, And so the president's wife, she started it. She runs it right now but it's become a full-time job, basically. And of course, she has a lot of different jobs on campus. So she's looking for someone to take that over for her full-time. So it is a position, but it's not a, like a complete position yet. So when I come there, it will be a full-time job. And um, I hope to be able to do even more there because I'll have my whole day there um, just for ministry and um, just making it a more more of a blessing on campus in different ways. Um, so, yeah. So, yes, yes and no. <laughs> it seems like just the idea of having like a a place where people meet and chat and drink coffee just is appealing to, you know, uh-huh. to general, just people in general. And yes. I know I've had a couple of daughters, I think it was Ellie and Gracie, who at some point in their lives, I'd like to open a coffee shop. You mm-hmm. know? <laughs> it is. It's just, I don't know. There's something special about it. There's a depth of relationship you can make over coffee mm-hmm. somehow that you can't anywhere else. What's your favorite coffee drink? Uh, an iced latte, especially with vanilla. <laughs> okay. Wow. So is it like, do you like straight vanilla or do you like vanilla syrup? or Vanilla you... syrup. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's sweet. <laughs> an iced latte okay I don't know if I've had an iced latte I'm not for sure but anyway um, hmm. yeah there is something just satisfying about coffee and I kind of realize that now more because I'm supposed to avoid coffee I've been having like some acid reflux problems mm, mm-hmm. so um, yeah it's hard to substitute I mean, it's hard to find a substitute for a good cup of coffee. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And um, so this is kind of related maybe a little bit to hospitality. I don't know if it is quite. Have you thought about it in that sense? Um, Yeah. Uh Okay. Um, What are your um, thoughts on 
how is it related to hospitality? Um, what are your thoughts on hospitality? Is that important to you or just any, anything along those lines? Um, yeah, so that's something um, I guess I've only recently started thinking about. Um, but I've seen, especially um, on campus, uh, just how important that is, that welcoming atmosphere. And um, I don't know. Um, the students that are at Rio Grande, they come from all over the world, and some of them uh, all over the Spanish-speaking world for the most part. Um, and a lot of them, they come and they feel like strangers because they're coming to the U.S. And I know for sure in Koinonia, just having, just being there as a worker, I, I um, have worked in there a little bit before as a volunteer. Um, just having that atmosphere, just to be open and available to them if they need to talk about something. Um, uh, often they're homesick, so you could just be there for them, give them a hug, and um, be there to pray with them, encourage them in the word. Um, it really is, uh, I believe that that is a type of hospitality. And um, yeah, I don't have any complete thoughts yet on that, but um, I've definitely seen where that is important for people, um, just for their spiritual growth and um, fellowship, for sure. Yeah, hospitality is just kind of a neat thing because we've mm -hmm. experienced it and just been blessed by it. Or you know, and um, to be able to give that, um, you know, is just something that I think a lot of people desire to do. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes we have like a real um, particular view of it. And right. um, like having a, a nice home and inviting mm -hmm. people over for dinner. And I know for us, um, that's kind of hard to pull off sometimes. Um, and maybe it, it um, shouldn't be and we're just too picky, but it kind of, it just seems a little stressful. You want everything just to be just right and everything. Right. But it's, yeah, that's not the heart of hospitality, having the perfect, <laughs> right. perfect environment. Um yeah, speaking on that, uh, like like you mentioned, I've been involved with, I think you mentioned, I've been, been involved with Psalm 67. Yeah. Um, and so part of that job was going into Mexico and uh, just encouraging churches there. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, just a beautiful picture of hospitality that I always, I love to think about, um, is a family that was in Mexico. They live in a one-room shack, basically, but they invited us to their home. And they gave us uh, a traditional drink there, which is a, uh, like a juice made with cantaloupe. And that's all, just a little cup of that, but it really had nothing to do with the cantaloupe. It had everything to do with just their heart and how they opened up their home to us. They were so happy and excited to have these fellow brothers and sisters in Christ come visit them. Hmm. And that's really what, you know, that's what true Christian hospitality is, I mm -hmm. believe. Just being there for each other and offering the little that we have for each other. And for us, we were so thankful. Like, they could have put out a feast, and we couldn't have been more thankful for what they offered to us because it was from the heart. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's an hmm. example. <laughs> well, that's something to think about because I think what kind of hinders me sometimes is just thinking, well, these people are used to something better than what I'm offering uh -huh. them. Yeah. Know? Um. One um, story of hospitality that affected me was um, I was going to Kansas City 
I don't know if I told you this or before or not, but I was going to Kansas City for a photography conference. And, um, and have you heard of couch surfing? And there's like a website yes, that organizes yeah. it. So I thought, well, I'm going to couch surf instead of stay at a hotel. And probably just because I'm frugal or cheap or whatever. <laughs> and um, so I contacted this people who were listed on couch, couch surfing. And I realized this isn't just a typical home. They were some kind of uh, organization or something like that. I didn't know what mm-hmm. to expect. But I get into Kansas City, and um, um, and uh, I'm there, and I'm kind of, it's not time to go to the conference. I'm kind of just wandering around the city because I'm hesitating to go over too early to this place, <laughs> you know, and because um, I just didn't want to just sit around there, too. But um, I decide to go over, and like um, the first thing, you know, the guy comes to the door. He's just kind of like scraggly hair, kind of hippie-looking fella. <laughs> but he just invites me in, and then he asks me about myself, and then it kind of dawns on me, he doesn't even know who I am or why I'm there. You know, <laughs> he's invited me in. And then I say, you know, well, I'm here for couch surfing. And he said, oh, okay. And then he introduces me to the rest of the household, and they come over and they give me a big hug and they're just so Aww. warm. Um, they were like what they call it, an intentional community. And they do, um, people come and do service projects in the inner city of Kansas City. And they um, they kind of lead them. And it's like a ministry. Their board is kind of connected to the Catholic Church. and um, But it was their day off. They just had a group leave. So they were... Um, sitting out on the front yard doing like slack lining and um, and it's like um, they were interested in me asking about myself and mm-hmm. and we were just they're having just a, such a nice conversation and it was um, it impacted me because I'm in a strange city and it's this was not what I was expecting at all um, to be able to sit around some really f- friendly people mm-hmm. and have a conversation. And they're re- they really want and they care about who I am, and they're asking mm-hmm. me about myself. And that um, really made an impact on me. And in fact, the rest of the weekend, I wasn't at the photography conference a whole lot. I just wanted to kind of hang out with them. <laughs> <laughs> so I was back and forth, but um, that was more of the highlight of my weekend than the original reason why I came to Kansas City to begin with but um, I think with hospitality or love or whatever sometimes you're experiencing somebody else and you realize they're not acting this way just because they feel like they should like it's a duty Mm -hmm. they really this is how they are they really are um you know they're just loving people and they want to mm-hmm. express love and when for me when i realize mm, this is not just something they're trying to do they really want to right. and i can just enjoy it um it kind of it's, it makes an impact on a person it does me you know mm-hmm. so um but yeah it, it takes some thinking and creativity i think because we're all in different situations i think of single mm-hmm. people um, who want to express hospitality and they might not have a home to invite people to. Right. Or just like us where um, our home is um, not totally finished. It's kind of a fixer-upper and we're still, you know, 
in the fixing up stage and mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that. But I think you're right that the heart is the heart behind it's what's really important. Mm-hmm. And um, we have such an opportunity in our area of just neighbors, you know, that we yeah. hate to not make the most of that reaching out to people. Mm-hmm. Um. So one other thing I was going to ask you about, I think Jenny um, mentioned this, or something. she said that you have thought of yourself as an introvert in the past, but now you kind of think of yourself more as an extrovert. So um, I recently uh, was talking with another person who experienced the same thing. So, really? Yeah. So how did that come about by you? Is that kind of how you think of it now? Or Yes. You know, a lot of it... Um, well, uh, I think a lot of it has to do is w- with where I am and who I'm with. So uh, I was always very introverted, and I still am pretty quiet, um, but I love being with people um, now. <laughs> so when I went to study Spanish at Rio Grande, I lived in a dorm full of girls. Like There were like 50 other girls there. And so life is constantly busy and there are constantly girls in your room. You're taking them to Walmart. I was one of the few that had a car. So I'd take them to Walmart. We'd go out to eat. You go to the cafeteria. It's full of all these students. And I was learning Spanish, so I had to speak and, you know, interact with people to learn the language. And I really believe at that time, I was like, wow, like, I actually enjoy being with people more than being alone now. It was a really weird mm-hmm. transition. I don't know exactly when it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that has definitely stuck. Like, I work at a coffee shop now, and uh, I love it when my coworkers come in and we can talk. And uh, when the customers come in, I love to see how they're doing. I mean, I'm still working on my uh, communication skills, but I love to ask questions and just hear from them. So I guess I have changed. <laughs> Since, I guess, when I was at school. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that in a while. <laughs> hmm. So, um, like, I think of introverts as more of having um, an internal world going on. Like, they're right. really kind of thinking things through by themselves and, mm-hmm. um, like, times of just reflection and thinking and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then when they're with other people... They're just a little bit on guard. It's not that they don't enjoy right. other people. It's just that it's not, they're just not totally at ease, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So I can kind of see how, like, if you're just with a whole people, you know, you just learn to be more at ease mm-hmm. and stuff like that, which is kind of neat, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so um, do you have, like, um, any routine? Like, are you? do you spend time and just by yourself and reflection or thinking or anything like that that's kind of like leans more toward introversion still I do still yes and um if I I wonder if I I don't even know if you can like completely switch maybe I'm just more on the line now Mm -hmm. because I would say I still need to process things Mm -hmm. really well like emotionally draining things by myself I like to process things with other people but I also um, if there's something I really need to think about, something really deep, I do like to sit down mm-hmm. in my room for like an hour and think it through. So mm-hmm. I guess it does depend on the situation as well. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, definitely during lockdown, I spent a lot of time in reflection and <laughs> thinking by myself and it didn't bother me so much. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> hmm. um, 
Well, kind of thinking over your past experience of just the different things you've been involved in or the things you're involved in now, what do you, what's been like, as far as just really satisfying and fulfilling, what is that in your life, either you're currently involved in or you've been in the past or maybe just a routine or something? Hmm. I would say, um, for me, uh, the most satisfying and fulfilling uh, things in my life, however I'm working them out, um, is when I can use my gifts to uh, serve the Lord and to serve other people. So, um, for example, on mission trips, um, I really love to organize things, and I love to be with people, and so that's what a lot of helping lead mission trips was, was making sure we had all the t-shirts packed and all this, we would do dramas in the streets, make sure we'd practice the drama and then um, we'd have teams, sometimes we'd have teams of like 15 teenagers and just getting to know them and making sure they're all right. Um, I always felt, it always felt very fulfilling and uh, as if I was, you know, using my gifts to the best of my ability. Um, And then of course with cooking and baking, um, anytime I can use that to bless other people, it's just such a thrill. And that's one thing I love about cooking and baking is that it's ultimately for other people. You make things for them and then you get to see them enjoy it. And that's just the all around satisfying experience. So, yeah. So your gift is, our gifts are organ, organizing. Is that what you said? And is it... I would say so. Okay. <laughs> are you a pretty organized person? For the most Personally. part. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes I'm not, but for the most part. Okay. Yeah. That's neat. Um, that um, I kind of um, enjoy like system putting together systems. Like mm-hmm. if it's in business or something, like you know, small business like selling shoes on eBay or something. You know, yeah. Uh-huh. Like um, trying to, you know. So I guess there's that appeal to order that you know I experience too. That kind of goes along with being organized and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. There's um, a book I just recently started um, getting into that I really like. It's called Freedom to Focus by Michael Hyatt. And it's like a productivity system. And um, like a, a, guy, a guy I was doing a podcast with just um, a few days ago um, was bringing up Michael Hyatt. And uh, it's just... Um, it's kind of along the same lines, just like um, how can I be organized in my efforts and stuff like that mm-hmm. um, and time so that it can be the most efficient and I'm really doing the things I should be doing. Right. And um, so, yeah, that all kind of appeals to me mm-hmm. as well. And um, there's... Um, I hear, I listen to Jordan Peterson. He talks about order and chaos, you know. uh So there's like the organizing probably tends to lean more toward the order part and the chaos. You know, he talks about how, um, you know, you can't go too heavy on one or the other. Mm -hmm. Too much in order. It's just kind of dead and cold. (laughs) Too much in chaos. You don't want to be there either. Right. But that chaos, leaning over that way is a little bit more where... um, creative things can happen sometimes and mm-hmm. stuff, you know, the unknown, unpredictable yeah. stuff. But also cooking, um, like are you more into baking or all kinds of cooking or? Um, 
baking more, but I do really enjoy cooking as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, like more baking. So is that like desserts and stuff, or is it bread and things like that too? Or um, yeah, all around bread, uh, biscuits, cookies, cakes. <laughs> you cook a lot at home. Um, quite a bit. Okay. Uh, not as much since I bake almost full time. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah, I do. I enjoy it at home. So do you still enjoy it when you're doing it in like a bigger scale like this? You know, I really do. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It hasn't uh, grown old. <laughs> yeah. Um, they say like being a professional cook is like really a demanding job. You yeah. Know, physically and mm-hmm. everything like that. Yes. Thankfully, we're we're a micro bakery, so yeah, we don't make too much at a time. So it it kind of keeps that fun there. We experiment right. a lot at work, play around with things. So, I, yeah. I mean, all my everyone there's my friend. Most of us go to church together, so yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Yeah, working together. Well, it sure seems like people enjoy it. When I go in there, <laughs> people are really enjoying the pastries and cookies <laughs> mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yep. Um, well, um, as far as um, you know, Christianity, you know, that's important to you. Mm-hmm. Um, how did, um, well, how did that get started for you? Was you just pretty young? I, I was. Um, so I grew up in a Christian family. Um, I've been going to Rockport pretty much my entire life, Rockport Baptist. And um, so, yeah, I was... I was only 10 when the Lord saved me, um, and really, uh, it was just a very simple, sweet story. Um, he just convicted me of sin. I also um, just started just started realizing uh, that my life seemed very pointless. I know I was only 10, but um, just it had no real meaning to it. I was living, but what was I living for? And um, the, so around that time, and then just realizing... I'm a sinner and I can't save myself and really I'm just living for myself and headed for hell. And um, so I just, uh, actually, I think if I'm not, if I'm not wrong, I think it was the day that Jenny was baptized. So Jenny, Hmm. your daughter, my Mm -hmm. best friend, and another one of our friends were both baptized on the same day and we're all around the same age. And I was like, wow, like if they can turn to the Lord at this age, then I can too. Because I always thought, well, maybe I'm, too young you know um so yeah I talked with my mom that night and I was like mom you know this is like what do I do and she explained the gospel to me and for the first time it all clicked the whole story and just especially Jesus's sacrifice for sin complete sacrifice and that's when I believed and that's when the Lord saved me so I've been a believer for 15 years and it's I'm just so thankful um for that he saved me when I was young and that I've been able to serve him all these years. Not perfectly, but I'm so thankful mm-hmm. that he's that he saved me. <laughs> so when that first happened, was it um, like a, I know you were just young, was it like a life-changing thing? It was, yes. Wow. Um, it was May, I remember, and the next morning it was like just this lightness of, heart, I guess, and um, just everything looked more beautiful. Mm -hmm. Uh, The birds, the trees, and just this feeling of freedom that I had was incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, 
So I was talking to somebody recently and um, who left the faith, and one of the things that he was saying was, there just doesn't seem something, you know, like um, a supernatural difference between Christians and non-Christians. Mm. Like, um, and I can, you know, he when he left Christianity and started exposing himself to other relationships, he found, he was impressed with the people he found. Yeah. And I can kind of relate to that in um, just kind of getting out of my circles and talking with people, like through the podcast or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, these are... You know, they're not believers, but they're mature and they desire to be doing good and um, yeah. stuff like that. And um, so I can kind of relate to that, that it's not like you leave Christian circles and everybody is like a fiend or something like right. that. Right, yeah. But then on the other hand, you do see life-changing things like in your situation and even in my situation. I was 18 and... Um, like I became a different person. It's like mm-hmm. a whole new world opened up to me. And if I would have just headed down that same path, who knows what would have happened to me. My right. my best friend, um, and I was just right there with him, you know, he died in early death from just rough living and mm-hmm. you know, so I was right there and then boom, God just brought me out of that. Mm-hmm. Um so anyway, it's hard to kind of uh just uh wrestle or figure out like a response to the fellow I was talking to because I can kind of understand what he's saying but then there is that definite like God changes lives Mm -hmm. you know and and that I think is um, one pretty uh, significant reason for just confidence in the Christian faith Mm -hmm. is just um, these stories of how God has moved and his Holy right. Spirit has worked and so forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good... That That's definitely something I have thought about recently. I've had some friends tell me, um, who are Christians, but they're like, my friends in these other circles, they're so nice and um, understanding and welcoming. And um, I don't know, this is something I have not thought through completely and something yeah. I've been wondering about myself. Um, why don't people see the difference in our lives and um i mean probably i know in my own life um for me it's just a lack of fellowship with the lord like you know we we're really serious about meeting with him every day and seeking him would not our lives reflect it i don't know that's (laughs) something i've been thinking through lately because i've been convicted myself you know um it's very easy as a christian especially if you've been when you're saved young and the Lord kept you out of that lifestyle by his grace mm-hmm. to use that as a form of pride. Like, well, I never fell into fill in the blank sins, so mm-hmm. I'm better than you or whatever. Whereas these other groups are reveling in their sins. So of course they seem more welcoming. I don't know. That's mm-hmm. just my thoughts. <laughs> right. And like I said, it's something I've been thinking through a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, learning about people who are, have been leaving the faith, even uh, bigger names in Christianity, and why do they do that? And wh- you know, how close? You know, what about me? And why do I believe? And just yeah, examining my faith and the faith of my church community, I guess. Right. I was talking with, with Jenny about this just a day or two ago because it's been on my mind a bit. Mm-hmm. And um, one thing she brought up, which is kind of interesting is like we live in 
rich, prosperous time, you mm-hmm. know. So it could um, to be um, so you know just to be that kind of giving type of person and serving. I mean, it's it's easy for everybody to do. It's mm-hmm. satisfying. Yeah. It um, and also it kind of helps for a person just to be prosperous on their own, you know, um, mm-hmm. because it's kind of helps you move ahead and so forth. Um, it might be different if um, um, if it was like really, you know, a tra- tragic uh, time of like where choices were really hard. Uh-huh. If you're going to love and serve or if you're going to be selfish and hoard. Um, but then again, I don't want to, um, you know, say, well, people who have not experienced, um, you know, this life-changing thing of God, I don't want to, like, judge them saying, well, there won't be people who aren't heroically giving and so... Right. Because, uh-huh. you know, I don't know what people would be like, you know. But, um, but yeah, it's kind of... Um, uh, a little bit difficult because um, I don't want to be in, um, you know, kind of in a Christian circle and just stereotype people wrongly, you know, right. who are outside of it. Uh huh. Which is easy to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, you said you've been kind of thinking about um, for you, like, why do you believe and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, how have your thoughts been running, like? Um, what does give you confidence that um, you are, um, like your beliefs, that you can have confidence in them and that you're not just a part of, uh, you know, like a religious system mm-hmm. and that it's more of just being in the, the crowd and you're affirming one another and um, and that's kind of what is the only you know the persuasive element of it it's not like um you know objectively you know real or something anyway right. so if you th- what are, have your thoughts been as you've been thinking about that um well i would say i mean we can i can look back on um my conversion and that's definitely a clear sign to me like remember mm-hmm. when you met the lord and how it was so real mm-hmm. um But also just um, being able to see, I don't know, i it's been hard to find joy, honestly, during the pandemic. And like, I really want to go and work in Texas and all these things. And like, Lord, why are you shutting these doors? But um, to know that I still have that deep joy and hope and um, looking at just my friends who I know are true believers and Mm -hmm. the hope we share together as opposed to the world, they have, they, they do have a happiness sometimes. Um, and, but it's very temporal. Um, but ultimately I could see just this lack of, well, the lack of the Lord, like they don't have hope ultimately. Um, and that's been very reassuring to me. Um, even though obviously it's not, Anytime we base our salvation on what we did or what we think we do for the Lord, that's when thing, you know, we start to doubt. Well, for me, anyway. But when I look at what he did and just I know this is true and look at how he is changing us 
little by little and working in our lives and how my friends who are not believers don't have that hope. Um, that's been very eye-opening for me. And I say I would say this year has been a really good way of seeing that contrast because the world is crazy. And if we're putting our hope in, you know, the economics of the country and the president and who gets elected, then it's all ultimately going to fail. But if we're putting our hope in the Lord, then we can have that joy and hope. And we don't have to fear even death. Um, so I, I would say that's something I've noticed recently. And some, that's been a real blessing from the Lord just to see that in real time, the hope that we have in him. And that, you know what, ultimately, if we are his, he's going to work it all out for good. And we can trust in him. So, yeah. Yeah, that's good. I think, um, yeah, it's kind of similar to my thoughts, like that change that God brought in my life. Mm-hmm. It's like that's um, a pretty strong reason, too, for, for me, for my confidence, because I experienced that. I'm a different right. person now. And it wasn't just... Um, temporal experience like mm-hmm. different now than I was then you know right um, but also just um, that um, you know the appeal of of this um, story you know of a God and his us being fallen and him redeeming us and uh, mm-hmm. belonging to him like um compared to like a humanistic story um it just has that it's just it's worth putting your chips on so to speak you know <laughs> yes uh-huh um, yeah yep um well what books have made an impact on you are you do you like to read i do um a book i just recently read so at rockport we have a very nice library now. I'm yeah. very thankful for. So I'm in there. I try to get a book read about once a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get go in there and look around. Um, something I read recently was the biography of Amy Carmichael. Hmm. And that was extremely convicting for me. Um, it was a very short little one. It was like a Cliff's Notes almost of her life. But um, as someone who wants to go into ministry, just seeing her selflessness like she just gave it all to the Lord and he led her exactly where he wanted her to be. She was, um, she started a orphanage and a hospital in India hmm. where thousands of children have been able to grow up wow. learning about the Lord. Yeah. What was the time period? Do you know? Um, it was early 1900s. Okay. Yeah. Cause I'm reading, um, I'm listening to an audiobook. It's an autobiography of, um, mother Teresa. Oh, cool. So she was in India. You know, oh yeah. But I guess, you know, throughout the 1900s, but um, mm-hmm. probably a little later than Amy Carmichael. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, it's it was a really neat story. I just pray that the Lord will use me uh, like he used her. Um, but she yeah, she was a very humble person and just willing to do give give up whatever to serve him. And that was the most convicting thing for me because I get... Very caught up in just, you know, I want the car I want. I want the life I want. I don't want to be disturbed too much, which is silly because if you're going to be a missionary, you have to give that all up. But so that was a good wake up call for me, I guess, that book in particular. Yeah. Hmm. 
Um, as far as just when you kind of look back on your life, has there been any books that have really uh, been life-changing or kind of ch- even changing the course of your life or anything like that? Um, there have been a lot. Let's oh. see. <laughs> um, I would say uh, Desiring God by John yeah. Piper. has. Yeah. Uh, that was the first time I really began to look at my relationship with the Lord um, as more than just duty because mm-hmm. I'm a worker mm-hmm. and an organizer. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's like, okay, I do these things. You know, I read my Bible, I pray, I'm good. But he's like, wait, no, this is a relationship. The mm-hmm. Lord is a living God and he wants a relationship with you like a father wants with his child. Mm-hmm. And he wants you to have joy in that. And so, yeah, I would say desiring God has mm. really it was extremely yeah. impactful <laughs> yeah for me too just that um, even just the catechism question um, what's the chief end of man to glorify God and to enjoy him forever mm-hmm. that to enjoy him forever part right. when that was new to me it was like wow <laughs> you know, it kind uh-huh. of made an impact on me yes yeah um well um Concerning um, just church and the way we meet together and stuff like that, mm-hmm. is th- if you could change anything about just the way Christians um, meet and kind of be the church, be the body of Christ and function together, is there anything that you would um, change or like to see that would be different or anything? Huh. Um, that I guess that that's a complicated question because mm-hmm. um, I guess it varies from church to church mm-hmm. um, I mean personally in my community I live a minute away from our church so <laughs> so that's my community yeah. um, I well first of all I am so thankful for Rockport the teaching there mm-hmm. um, that I got to grow up there in such a solid community um, and I'm so thankful for the new ministries or even like the jail ministry. I'm not part of it, but I'm thankful mm-hmm. for that um, and that we have a women's ministry getting started and we're kind of starting to move a little. Mm-hmm. That that would be my one thing. Um, I would love to see us do more in the future is uh, become more involved in our community. Hmm. Um, I don't know how. I have no answers besides that, just that's mm-hmm. something I would love to see um, because I've gone... Uh, all over the world, I've been to Spain and Mexico and worked with churches and seen just how they are involved in their communities. And it's been extremely convicting to me. And I'm thinking, wait, why am I here in this country working with this church and their community? I should be home working hmm. with my church and my community. Mm-hmm. So every time I've ever gone out of the country uh, or into a different culture, I've always been convicted of that. Like, why, why exactly am I here when I could, should be doing more mm-hmm. at home? So I don't know what it would look like. It's I know it's hmm. it's hard in America and it's our lives and it gets personal, mm-hmm. but that's something I would. So does the see. is the women's ministry? Is it like reaching out or is it um, just kind of like uh, for Rockport women or? Um, so it's at the very early stages, and of mm-hmm. course, as everything, the virus has kind of slowed things down. Mm-hmm. But um, Right now, we're focusing on Bible study and really having a solid knowledge of the Word. Um, we have talked about, I don't know much more than this, but we've talked about getting involved like in the local pregnancy care center 
things like that. So that's an established ministry that we can support. Mm -hmm. Um, So things like that. And I I really think at this point we're just praying about what more the Lord would have us do. But Mm -hmm. I totally agree with the mindset right now. Let's get started learning the word Mm -hmm. and praying together and see where the Lord leads from there. Hmm. Yeah. And maybe... um, like it might be easier as far as like reaching out to people who live around us. It might be easier for like each of us as church members to reach out to those people who are right around us. Right. Rather than um, like necessarily representing Rockport, mm-hmm. reaching out to the houses right around the church building, you know. Because mm-hmm. it just would seem like we already have somewhat of a relationship. and Right, yeah. Um, Which I know a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Where I li- We live right on the highway, so... We really don't have any neighbors. It's all businesses right there. Hmm. But yeah. um, I have wondered, how could we, how can my family be involved with right there next to the church? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have answers, but I have <laughs> I have ideas, I guess. <laughs> yeah. One um, thing that um, I got involved with is, um, well, this gr- there's this movement, I guess you'd call it, and I think... I heard that it started with Central Presbyterian in St. Louis, and um, but my brother's been involved with it for a few years. And it's a men's movement, but it could be a women's movement or anything like that. I mean, women could do it, you know. But um, so there's this book. It's just a basic book called Discipleship Essentials. And um, it takes a couple years to go through if you meet every week. And um, it's just the basics of Christian faith, like... Mm-hmm. The Trinity, salvation, prayer, just, you know, Bible study, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea is you um, you group up in groups of four. So in St. Louis, it's grown to where there's some central meeting place where they all get together, they group up in groups of four, and then they stay in that group of four for two years. And then at the very huh. end, they... Um, They break up, and then each person, ideally, goes finds three other people, and then that group of four becomes a group of eight, and then, you know, a couple years later, that group of eight becomes, you know, you know, it just Mm -hmm. grows like that. So I was thinking, um, what? um, I don't want to drive into St. Louis. I was looking at the schedule and stuff like that. Maybe I could just find people. You know, out here. So I asked people at Rockport quite a bit, Mm -hmm. some other men, and I didn't find anyone to take me up on it um, because, like, to your commitment, it's it's kind of significant. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I started asking people in my neighborhood, and um, I did have people take me up on it. So um, we had a group of four, and um, one guy dropped out, so now it's a group of three, and we've been doing it for about a year and a half. Wow. And um, one guy in it, he's uh, Lutheran. One guy in it, it's Roman Catholic, and um, and then me. So it um, it's kind of odd because we're different traditions, mm-hmm. and um, and those different traditions they show up like all the time. <laughs> um, like even when we pray, like yeah. um, you know, we I'm used to like okay, well, how can we pray for each other? Okay, and then we start praying, mm-hmm. and then um, the guy's Roman Catholic. You know, he'll get out his prayer book and he'll read something which is kind of <laughs> different. Like, mm-hmm. like that's different, um, but. Um, Anyway, as we've continued, like longevity just adds something like mm-hmm. um, yeah. a year and a half. We're getting really comfortable with each other. And um, and it's been a, just a good experience. But anyway, that's like um, 
it seems like that has potential in it. Like I've talked yeah. with the kids. I've said, you know, you could do this with some of the your friends around mm-hmm. in the neighborhood. And so far they haven't. But um, it just seems kind of, I think the way it, you know, ideally it multiplies is just kind of a neat concept. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 That's cool. I hadn't heard of that. Yeah. Um, the book we're using is um, by James Oden. It's called, I think that's the name, it's Discipleship Essentials. And this organization, they have um, a website called djourney.org. I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And um, each chapter is divided up into three sections. And then on the fourth, um, so each month or every four times you meet, there's three that we use the book, and then there's a handout from the website that we print off and we do. And it's something related, but, you know, it's a little different than the huh. book. But, um, cool. Well, what are personal routines that you have that are meaningful to you? Hmm. Well, definitely uh, reading the Word every day and praying is very important. That's something that I've been trying to work on. I have a really early schedule. I get up at three. So oh, wow. that requires me to, yeah, I mean, I could try to get up early, but usually I fall asleep mm-hmm. while I'm trying to read my Bible. So um, getting into that routine, I could tell when I haven't been doing it um, as opposed to staying in the word, staying in prayer and just relying on the Lord every day. Mm-hmm. So definitely that is the most important. Um, I really, for me, um, Eating dinner with my family is very important. I didn't hmm. realize till this year wow. just how important that is. And mm-hmm. um, mom and I, I live at home with my parents. Mm-hmm. So um, mom and I switch off cooking. Mm-hmm. And But yeah, that's one of the most important parts of the day for me, just seeing how they are, see how we're doing, uh, talking with them. Um, other routines, it uh, working out is also very important, I oh, would you? say. Yes. Um, do you work out at home or do you go somewhere? I or? do, yes. I've been doing weightlifting, which oh, is something wow. completely new for me. But it's it's really good. And um, it really helps just to de- get rid of stress. And I don't know, it helps you mentally. Mm-hmm. I mean, working out is really important. I didn't realize that till mm-hmm. recently. So, yeah, um, those are probably three things I try to do daily mm-hmm. that kind of keep me grounded. Right. <laughs> Oh, that's interesting. The dinner time, like our dinner time, like meal times, I don't know. We just kind of get together and we just consume that food and it's not a whole <laughs> lot of talking and stuff, but maybe we just need to make more effort. In it. <laughs> uh, my family, we love to talk, so <laughs> it's good to have that time. Yeah. That's neat because there, there's like a lot of potential in there. Just you're facing each other, you're mm-hmm. close, you're enjoying something together. Hmm. Does your family have any other routines that, um, um, you know, you guys do together that you enjoy? Um, sometimes we'll go, like, take a walk all together at the park. I love doing that. Obviously, as we get older and our schedules are yeah. different, um, it's harder to do things together. But um, on, And on Sundays, uh, every other Sunday, we go visit my grandparents now. Okay. And hmm. that's just a... I've really enjoyed it. We've been doing it for about a month, um, just to regular see my grandparents, and we all go. We go down. We see them. We might get ice cream on the way home, and it's just a sweet time together. Hmm. You guys like um, kind of ritual and routine, don't you? <laughs> we do, <Sometimes>. yes. Because <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I can now it's just kind of coming to me like Christmas Eve. You have a certain oh, yes. way you guys like that. <laughs> and um and then your dad, um, and just some of the things he says, it's a little bit like, um, how are you doing, John? Oh, better than I deserve to be, or something like that. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is my dad. <laughs> uh, that's cool. Um, something I've really admired of your family is how uh, you guys have valued um, pictures and memories and things like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. We haven't, haven't been as purposeful and intentional in that but I can see how that's an investment that you can make that can be really gain value over time as mm-hmm. you enjoy and those photo albums and look back at them and yes. stuff like that. I think the loving family, they do something similar, only like a digital version of mm-hmm. it. Yeah. yeah, like videos and things. Yeah. I really enjoy that. Yeah. Um, well... Is there just anything else you'd like to bring up and talk about before we wrap up? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Um, would you like to, um, let's see. Well, would you like to share anything about, like, um, you're, you're gathering support right now. Yes. Um, you uh-huh. can kind of share, like, um, whatever, the web link or how people can find out more about you or just oh, anything yeah. like that if you'd like to. Um, sure. I am. My name is the Missionary Barista um, on Instagram or Facebook. You can find me pretty easily there. Um, yeah, and both of those, you can um, message me on there if you want to get a newsletter. It's uh, bi monthly. Um, and yeah, as far as support goes, uh, I mean, <laughs> if anyone wanted to meet with me, even over video, I would be thrilled. Um, to just tell them about my ministry, even if they don't think they could support me at this time. Um, and uh, yeah, by when I say support too, just in case nobody knows, um, it's monthly commitments is what I need. So I'm at 25, per, 27% right now. So like right over, a little bit over 500 a month committed already. And I'm looking for, oh, looking for 2000. So yeah, that's kind of where I stand. And I'm always willing to talk to people about it because yeah. Cool. All I right. Share my mission. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Savannah. Thank you. If you use a podcast app like iTunes, please give a review of Conversations About Life. Mm-hmm.